What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined as always by the man who's no longer a ghost, aka the Run DMC, aka Mr. Dan McAuliffe. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Oh, Max, I'm back. I'm back, baby. And you know what else is back? What's Football's back? back, baby. Football's back. We got our first uh, preseason football game tonight, the, uh, the Hall of Fame game. We got uh, Steelers versus Cowboys. Uh, it's not going to be a fun game to watch because we're going to see probably like seven stringers out there the entire time. But you know what? It's football, and I'll watch it all the same. Well, my Hall of Fame game DFS team is going to kill it tonight. Uh, Dwayne Haskins highlighting the quarterback <laughs> there, spot. There we go. Uh, Honestly, I stacked love him to with see Mason it. Rudolph. So uh, that <laughs> Superflex team is really, we're going places. It's going to be shining. Absolutely. I love it, though. If football is back, um, Hall of Fame game, always the great little landmark to look forward to. But uh, we got a little bit of a different show tonight. We do. And this show was all your idea. So if it goes great, you take all the credit. If it goes poorly. And if it's awful, then you know what? It never sees the light of day. <laughs> never sees the light of day. Just cut on the cutting room floor. Exactly. Um, but we did a little super flex draft on Sleeper, the only place to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. True that. Um, queued it up basically i think we limited it to five bench spots but we had yep. super flex pair of running backs couple wide receivers and a couple flex spots so figured we go head to head kind of talk about what uh adp sleepers got going what kind of strategies we employed and how the whole thing shook out so i'll kick it to you first dan was there a set strategy or fun little thing you were trying to accomplish building this uh fake little fake team so yeah, I uh, I actually was blessed with the sixth slot in this particular draft. And so for my strategy here, um, I mean, it's always hard to tell the first five picks are going to go before you because it could go all quarterbacks, could go uh, a mix of quarterbacks and running backs. So kind of decided I'm going to take value where I can get it. My only big thing is I wanted to leave the first three rounds with two running backs. Uh, so going in, that was just the, the focus that I wanted to have. Uh, and then also one quarterback during those first three rounds as well. After then, it's where the value falls uh, and kind of look to play it accordingly. But uh, Max, how about you? Uh, going into A, where did you draft from? And B, uh, what was your strategy going into this? Yeah, so I was going out of the two spot and uh, became an extra, extra special two spot for reasons we'll get into momentarily. Um, and it was funny. I was kind of texting Dan. I was like, I'm going to try to build a team that I would never really build, right? Just to see. And I kind of went for a little bit of a win now thing, um, which I usually probably tend to build more productive struggle or like compete in year two type of dynasty teams. Also the first mock I've done in a long time. Uh, and it's funny when you don't get to trade around the board, right? It's a little bit of a different, different limiting factor. So going out of the two spot, I'll just kick it off and we can go round by round. So sleeper, I love you dearly. You're an amazing platform. You do a lot of great things, but we got to kick the, kick it up a notch on these bots. All right. Because I'm watching <laughs> team one in front of me, this little sleeper logo. And I'm like, all right, Pat Mahomes going at one Oh one. Guess I'll figure it out from there. But spoiler alert, Josh Allen went number one. Yes. Yes. he um, did. My God. And I got Pat Mahomes at two and I felt dirty doing it. Yeah. So I feel like you could swap in any other quarterback name here and I'd probably still make a quarterback pick, right? Like it could have been Kyler Murray. It could have been Lamar Jackson. Sure. It could have been Dak Prescott. Like a lot of these guys feel like they're relevant in the conversation, uh, especially depending on your scale of win now. 
Um, but I got Pat Mahomes at two. There's not much else you need no, to say about that. No, no, that. no, exactly. It, it, besides, thank you. You say thank you yeah. to, the, the, to the sleeper bot right there. Um, and, I, of course, love that pick. Uh, great, great, uh, great pick to be able to have just fall into your lap. So at the 106, um, was looking at uh, who was going to be falling there. And I had a, a couple running backs already go off the board. So you had CMC go off the board. You had Dalvin Cook, uh, be still my heart. So I um, was then looking at, okay, other quarterbacks that were remaining or continuing on my strategy of staying true to getting two running backs in the first three rounds. And I had Saquon Barkley sitting there. And uh, listeners can listen to uh, the what, two episodes ago where we talked through Saquon Barkley and our, our love for him uh, and our expectations being extremely high for him going into the rest of his career, right? Certainly this year, but just the rest of his career. He's a fantastic running back. Uh, and I just... I. Didn't want to turn down the opportunity to be able to pick him up there. Uh, I definitely was hard-pressed on looking at a Lamar Jackson or a Herbert, but uh, decided to see where the board would fall and what quarterbacks might be available in the second two rounds afterwards. So Saquon Barkley was my choice there. Then uh, we had a good, what, six, uh, and then uh, 12 total uh, picks go off the board there. And I'm sitting at the uh, the 207 now. And this is where I started to see, of course, you had Lamar Jackson, Herbert, Prescott, and Burrow all go off the board. Um, but there was someone sitting there uh, at 207 that I was very keen on being able to see if I could slide him into that second uh, round slot. And that was uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, the, yep. the, the rookie phenom. Uh, and again, at that point I was like, Oh, might as well just go with generational talents all around for the first two rounds here, uh, and pick him up as well. Uh, you see him in so many, uh, times go at the end of the first kind of early second. So I still felt like I was getting uh, a little bit of value there. Hard pressed. There was other guys like Russell Wilson on the board, but had to go with my boy, uh, Trevor Lawrence there. I mean, you're basically drafting Sunshine from Remember the Titans. Exactly right. right. Throw a ball, that flowing, he can throw the ball a mile, hand. but he can't pitch it three yards. He has to learn how to do the rev. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, what do you want me to say? Trevor Lawrence, he's the prodigy. He's the long-haired kid. Um, I feel like you could make a reasonable case to take him in the first round. Yeah. I really think that, you know, I, I, you see him getting pushed aggressively up draft boards. Um, he's about as bulletproof a prospect as we've had at the quarterback position in quite some time. Exactly. So, before we move on to my second pick, was it was it interesting for you to see Justin Jefferson going in the first round, first wide receiver off the board? Yeah, that that was kind of wild, uh, to be honest. That was I I I can see it. I mean, I was equally. I mean, what in, in our startup uh, that we had there before I was taking well, it was a fourteen team, so it was a little different. But uh, AJ Brown up there is like sometimes you got to take these bigger swings. I think him going at like the one ten is like a little early for someone like that. I'd rather probably swap it with a Tyree Kill, but that was kind of interesting to see uh that he is just skyrocketed up um after his rookie season that is that is pretty wild to see yeah so a couple running backs i would have liked went between your pick and mine Najee harris off the board deandre swift off the board and keeping with the theme of building a team i've never built i'm sitting at the 211 and russell wilson's staring at me and i'm like you know what it'd be really fun to see if i did ever go back-to-back quarterback how this team turns out. So yeah. that's what I did. I pulled the trigger and I mean, <laughs> barring injury, I'm set at the quarterback position for the next five years, you know, minimum, absolute minimum, uh, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson. So it was a different thing. It's not how I build teams. I typically target quarterback a lot later. Um, and I think we were able, when we get to the mid rounds, you can see why yeah. some of that value is sitting there. Um, but it curled around JK Dobbins rounds out the second round, Kyle Pitts. Um, oh, sorry. 
third round reversal. George Kittle goes next. And then I'll let you uh, kick it on back to your pick. Absolutely. So I had about four more picks go uh, before it was my turn to pick. I'll be honest, I was really hoping I could have someone like uh, an Ezekiel Elliott or a Clyde Edwards Hilaire kind of fall to me. Um, But my third ranked guy that I was looking to be able to to pick up here did fall to me, and that is Austin Eckler. Um, I think he is definitely being undervalued um, this season. You just look at what they did for their offensive line. They just paid, and which was definitely an investment more towards kind of Herbert, right? But you have Austin Eckler absolutely being able to um, – take advantage of just that massive build on the uh, offensive line and just looking at some of the other guys too he's basically the team's wide receiver too which is just insane as a running back but he literally oh wow mike williams fan i saying he's the wide receiver too mike williams but uh when you're talking about true target volume uh austin eckler is an absolute beast uh i've just been following him on instagram for quite some time his instagram workouts are just absolutely unreal uh and i just think he is again for someone that I'm picking up as my RB2, uh, someone who I really do believe uh, is going to be finishing in the top 12 there. So love being able to stack just two kind of powerhouse RBs in my first three rounds. I love Austin Eckler, the player. Um, I mean, got to be one of the best undrafted free agents of all time. Absolutely. Um, and feels like one of those guys. I know I've seen the workout videos. Feels like he has a chip on his shoulder, yep. like kind of the same way Brady does, where it's basically like nobody wanted me, and now I'm going to show exactly. everybody. I mean, he went to Western State, yeah. Dan, which I'm off the top of my head, I'm 99 sure that's correct. <laughs> um, Fact check. This, this was yeah. He he's got a lot to prove. I'm I'm happy to see him healthy this year. Rashawn Slater, their first round lineman, um, is a monster. He and uh, Penny Suell, you don't get offensive linemen yeah. that come around that look like those guys, and so. It's a great cornerstone for obviously to protect your young QB, Justin Herbert, and help out the run game and help, you know, the whole pass game function as well. Exactly. So a couple more picks go by. And actually, murderer's row of wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, CeeDee Lamb, and Dan, it would not be in Max Cascon's team if I did not walk away with Joe Mixon, who is still right. somehow 25 years old after all these years. After all this and time. This is where I shifted into the running backs, right? So I at least did keep this part. You've seen me build plenty of dynasty teams. Uh, a lot of people that we play with, like just I'm an RB zealot yep. and I stuck to my guns here. So took Mixon at the 311. Been a big fan for a long time. We've talked about Joe Mixon on this show. Curled back around pair of rookies, Kyle Pitts at the 312, Jamar Chase at the 401. And then I just doubled down and I said, you know what? Sunshine can throw the ball a mile. Eventually, he'll learn how to pitch at three yards. And Travis Etienne <laughs> is going to be right there gonna waiting. Be, he's going to be on the <laughs> receiving end of some of those pitches. I mean, they've done the homework. These these fantasy guys that are way bigger wizards with the numbers than us. Like these first round running backs, average like two hundred forty touches a year. Yep. Travis Etienne, even if he's in a timeshare, I think he's the better talent. James Robinson looked fantastic, but his pass catching prowess is unbelievable and he's playing with the guy that threw him all those passes in college enough said for me nope i totally agree i think it's it was a, a solid pickup there because i think we'll kind of go over it later on rb starts to dry up pretty quick so i think to be able to take the, the jump and then go rb rb like that uh was smart um so then it flows to me at the uh the four uh 406 there and i've got 
basically I've, I've followed my plan to a tee thus far, right? I had two, two running backs in the first three rounds and one quarterback. So now um, wanted to see what fell in terms of continuing on that running back train, just again, knowing that it dries up, or if I wanted to start to grab some uh, wide receiver or tight end talent. Darren Waller went right off the board, two spots ahead of me. I was heavily considering him there as just having you a... You were considering Waller yep, there. Yep, Interesting. I was, um, but... Maybe it saved me for myself. I decided to go on the the wide receiver train there. I was also really looking at Terry McLaurin. He also went right off the board. So I'm looking at uh, guys like uh, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen. Of course, you got Michael Thomas now with the uh, the injury news. He's he's slipping and probably should be slipping even further. Um, but I there was one guy on the board where I was like, you know what? I actually have never owned uh, a piece of him in any of my current dynasty leagues. If I'm going to get him somewhere, I'm going to get him in a mock, in mock with Max Cascons because mostly because I don't get him because of Max Cascons. So I took DJ Moore here. Um, I, I just, I do love the talent. Um, he definitely has some top 12 upside. Um, the only thing of course is like Sam Darnold. I'm really hopeful that he's able to kind of to piece it together there and, and put together something that uh, is going to be, valuable for more this year um but if he doesn't more is still so young and he's still such a great opportunity to be a stud wide receiver for years to come so if it's not sammy they're going to go out and get someone great going into next year uh, but couldn't pass on the opportunity some guy that I, I continually find is in my top 12 dynasty rankings at the wide receiver position so um, then it loops back around. You see some of those wide receivers that I was talking uh, about go off the board. Uh, you also see guys like Miles Sanders, uh, David Montgomery, and someone I thought was going to fall to me, and I was going to smash the uh, draft button, uh, J- uh, Javante Williams also going off the board. So I'm taking a look, and again, seeing where the value falls, and I start to uh, take a look at Kareem Hunt here. Um, again, I was starting to look at, do I want to pick up another wide receiver? I could start to kind of flesh that out. I've got two starting running backs, but Kareem Hunt, I mean, again, yes, he was the starter over Kansas city for two of these years, but for the past four years, he's been a, uh, RB one, three years. Like I know last time it was with, uh, uh, Chubb going down too, but he's on a heavy, heavy run offense, uh, a Stefanski offense there that is going to find ways to get him the ball. Um, they're not going to abandon that, uh, Baker is going to continue to game manage and then have just some big games where he's able to throw it a little bit more. I think he's going to be extremely useful. Heck, you saw like a Naheem Hines uh, get up into like uh, mid to high end wide receiver, excuse me, running back to territory. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Oh, he was high end running back too. He he really was. He really was. And so those types of schemes can make multiple running backs extremely valuable. Um, and that pair that with the talent of Kareem Hunt, who has already had multiple RB1 seasons, it just it's hard to uh, to not uh, draft him at that position. Just seeing the guys that were going after him, the only other guy I'd consider around there is Carson. But I just wanted to stay a little little bit younger and went with Kareem Hunt here. Yeah, it was it was the only kind of, and it's not a bad pick. It's just a pick that I didn't expect you to make. Yeah. Um. You know, and there was some other guys that I know you're big fans of going so one of them made it back around to you um but you know mike evans wound up falling to me at the 511 yep. t higgins went on the turn like you said chris carson at the 6-1 um and knowing that you were maybe targeting waller uh you know a pick before i found it crazy that mark andrews went over this guy but our boy tj hawkinson sitting right there yep. too so yeah um hunt is an interesting one the talent's there 
a lot of people are big on Nick Chubb this year. For sure. uh, it'll be very interesting to see with a healthy Nick Chubb all year how that workload gets distributed. Totally agree. So a little bit of a wild card there, but want to take that chance again, just seeing the running back position dry up as much as it already had. So Max, who'd you uh, who'd you take at your next pick? So I spoiled it a little bit, uh, but Mike Eleven, uh, Mike Eleven, Mike Evans at the five eleven. Um, Mike Evans, it's crazy. You look at it, it's for a guy who's I feel like been polarizing in dynasty over the years, right? Because he's a guy that's kind of thrived on volume. Yep. I mean, when you see the numbers, who cares? Um, so I was looking for kind of cornerstone win now guy that you can count on just set it and forget it at that wide receiver one slot and mike evans at the end of the fifth feels like a pretty solid pick to me yeah um curled around like i said with t higgins to round out the fifth round shifted to carson at the 601 and then i did come back dan i was like i never take tight ends early but this is the anti-max exactly let's see if we can make this work and i did pull the trigger on tj hawkinson and it felt good it felt good to just for once you know have a real stud that uh, exactly that I didn't have to pick up off the waiver wire and turn a pumpkin you know into something else or turn nothing turns back into a pumpkin i don't even know what i'm saying anymore <laughs> tj hawkinson is amazing and it was very cool to like take a high-end tight end for once in my dynasty career. yeah i mean again the the whole point of doing mock sometimes is just to try out a strategy that's so different from what you typically do uh and so to be able to at least just for a moment know what it feels like to be able to draft a player like that just like i was saying drafting dj Moore for the first time ever it's a nice feeling sometimes just to try something you've never been able to be able to do before so um all right let's take a look now we're at the uh, the 606 uh and i decided to go with uh a little brennan iuic uh i was stoked to be able to get him he's another guy that i actually don't have uh on any of my rosters but iuc is uh, a fantastic player i think you and i are stoked for trey lance and what he's going to be able to do and you saw uh iuc just explode uh for parts of the season uh, last year and again it came off of the back of you had Kittle hurt and you had Debo hurt and so a lot of people were saying okay well he's he, he take that into consideration but I think he is just going to demand the ball uh, a decent amount and I'm, I'm just really excited to see him play so finally um, after passing up on some potential other wide receiver talent I still had one guy that was uh, within the same rankings that I had with, uh, say, like a Higgins, uh, Devontae Smith, I was I was really excited to see Ayuk uh, just kind of sitting there waiting for me uh, as my wide receiver too, because I think he's going to have uh, some massive blowout weeks that's going to make him uh, wide receiver one uh, on certain weeks there. So then it continues on, uh, loops back around. I have now plenty of RB uh, not really eyeing that too much especially knowing that this is this is where it really starts to dry out a little bit there's a bunch of guys that have some great upside but uh, definitely not ones that you want to depend on as much so it comes back around and I'm thinking hmm all right I have Trevor Lawrence uh, the the godly QB that he is uh, and I've missed out on the opportunity to grab a DJ Chark who I do love so who else is he going to be throwing the uh, the football to here? And LaVisca Chanel is uh, sitting there staring me in the face. And boy, I do thought I it was love... going to be Tim Tebow. I could have sworn <laughs> yes, you were going to say Tim Tebow. The, the godsend himself, Mr. Tim Tebow, sitting there waiting for me. Smash that button. Uh, no, LaVisca Chanel, I, I, again, we've, we've gushed uh, about him uh, plenty of times on this podcast. I don't think I have to reiterate too much of that. But I do like finding opportunities when possible and when the, the board falls to be able to um, – 
stack uh, a quarterback with a wide receiver just to really be able to capitalize on some of those blow up weeks if they happen. So it was, and just more than anything, it's just fun sometimes to have them on the same team. So I was stoked to be able to uh, to pick up uh, Lavisca Chanel at the 707 here as my wide receiver three. I think we've talked about this a couple shows ago, but but Chark is still going before LaVisca in most of these drafts. Do you think that's wrong? Do you think the public is wrong on this one? I, I, here's the thing. I don't think we can say if they're wrong or right. I think everyone's guessing right now. And I, I honestly think any of these guesses is just fine. And technically, uh, I will tell you, I mean, I am a big... If if I missed out on the opportunity to get Chanel, I would be smashing uh, uh, drafting Marvin Jones uh, all day because he's technically at least the... He technically could lead uh the the wide receivers on certain weeks no problem and he is like five rounds later six rounds later so uh i think right now anyone that's guessing on charka chanel i could flip-flop that all day i can't say anyone's wrong it's gonna require us seeing how the first few weeks of the nfl season go i think i'm taking chanel man uh, i think i'm taking chanel uh, i don't know you have your marvin jones dj chark i do like dj chark but i think lavishka chanel's the guy there yeah. uh but but let's keep it moving. We're running long already. So I'm going to try to blaze through the back half of this draft. With Sounds you. good. So comes around to me, still a little needy at wide receiver and who's sitting there, but the man, the myth, the legend, Rashad Bateman, glowing reports out of camp. Everybody seems to love this guy. And I love this guy too. Checks all the boxes, played next to my boy, Tyler Johnson. Big fan. Uh, curls around again. And this is where I just daggered Dan because... I didn't see him take Chenault. We did this draft during the workday. Nice little sleeper, slow draft. Uh, exactly. You know, get the auto picks there in the middle. And I was like, all right, I'm staring at a trio of wide receivers. And instantly, if there was ever a tiebreaker, I'm stealing Dan's guy, who uh, I love anyway. This is true. Tyler Boyd in the eighth round. Dan, tell me how bad I hurt your feelings and then move on. With the uh, you just treat him well, okay? You just treat him well. And that's all I ask. Because um, he's I, I, as long as he's in good hands, if I can't have them, at least knowing that you can take care of them is just fine with me. So, um, all right, now going around, um, Max, you've already got your, your two quarterbacks there. So this is where, again, I'm starting to think of who's, who's my next quarterback. This is a super flex league. Um, I'm typically a fan of being able to punt quarterback down the road. This is actually sometimes where I start taking quarterbacks, um, uh, for my QB one, but, uh, I feel like I always reach for him because the ADP always has him buried behind some of these other guys like Tannehill or Stafford or Rogers, et cetera. The guys who have proven themselves and definitely gotten into the top 12, but darn, if I just can't quit Baker Mayfield as my QB two in pretty much any league that I'm in, um, just because, again, he's he's still so young and the upside is there. You just saw him kick into another gear at the end of this year and whether or not that is actually going to carry over into this other year, he's apparently seeming great and super sharp in camp. He's got his weapons back with Odell and, and Jarvis Landry, both much more healthy than they were before. I'm just super excited to see him play uh, going into the season. So Baker Baker Mayfield, my QB2 at the uh, 8.06 there. Um, loops back around to me, and then I start combing through some of the ADP, uh, taking a look at just some of the guys I want to start considering later. And for some reason... Darrell Henderson is sitting there at the 907 for me. Uh, and I, I won't belabor too much because, again, I think we've talked about him a little bit. But this is just a, a note to listeners. ADP 
is certainly not always right, right? And it's especially if news has happened kind of recently, it takes a little bit for it to catch up because each, each platform is going to compile their ADP differently, different time windows in which they start to look at who's rocketing up the draft boards. Darrell Henderson, literally, right now, is the RB1 on a very high-octane uh, offense and for some reason, he's still available uh, around the the likes of like a Michael Carter, AJ Dillon, uh, uh, Damien Harris, and uh, uh, Melvin Gordon. Like, come on, I'm gonna take him all day, knowing that he went after some of those guys as my RB four. Book it, Darrell Henderson, nine oh seven. Yeah, the a the ADP is very platform dependent too, right? Yep. So, I mean, I only play on Sleeper because it's the best place to play. But I'm just going to keep plugging Sleeper. So I don't really know what it's looking like on other platforms. There are some cool websites you can use to like aggregate ADP across these. But seeing a guy that's projected right now as of today, August 5th, um, to get a massive workload on a high-octane offense, yeah, I say push the button on Darrell Henderson. So at the 9-11, I took our guy, the return of the Mac, Mr. Mac Jones, Ooh. and rounded it out with uh terrace marshall at the 10-2 which i think was maybe another snipe on day i was not intentional i was upset about that one i was upset about that one terrace marshall dude he's gonna be such a problem he's gonna be such a problem uh i he's definitely gonna be someone that's gonna start uh being valued very differently come next offseason in my opinion so great pick there because i think he's going to appreciate in value um this one I'll, I'll maybe say is even more reactionary on just seeing uh you'd be uh taking a, a qb3 uh, at that point, I was like, ah, you know what? I mean, I definitely, I never leave a super flex without having three QBs. And I figured at this point, I love old faithful Mr. Kirk Cousins being able to kind of round out my uh, my squad here. I've, it's like the uh, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. And so I took the uh, the ghost of Christmas past here, the guy who's done it, done it plenty, uh, all reliable, um, being able to kind of round out uh, my uh, QB room there. So took uh, one Mr. Kirk Cousins. Uh, at the 10.06. Um, looping back around. I would love to see Baker Mayfield rolled out as the ghost of Christmas present in a progressive commercial. <laughs> the, Just saying. The, honestly, I think I like my analogy. I'm sticking with it. We got Lawrence, the young gun. We got Mayfield, the guy who's going to do it this season. He's gonna. And then Kirk Cousins, who has been been there plenty uh, on the back half of his uh, his career here and going to be able to do some good things probably the next couple seasons here. So um, Baker Mayfield, though, great ghost of christmas present <laughs> blows me away that i thought we'd get this show done in less than 20 minutes no so let's keep it we, going. we like talking too much um all right and then loops back around to me uh at the 1107 uh i'm gonna admit it right now this is a little bit of a reach because i knew he wasn't gonna be reaching me uh for my 12th round pick so i picked mr brian edwards here um, I just love owning him on as many teams as I possibly can because I just he's one of my first guys that really drilled into uh, deep as a prospect. He's getting hyped up in camp right now. People are loving what they see. Uh, Gruden's comparing him to every Hall of Fame uh, wide receiver that ever existed. Uh, go figure. So Brian Edwards, uh, maybe the reach, but the reach that I needed for this team to feel complete. Uh, Brian Edwards at the 1107. He was on my radar. Um, you reached pretty far down Sleever ADP. Again, yes. you know, ADPs, they are what they are. Uh, but I, I was targeting him on the way back. So I did get another Dan guy, though. At the 11-11, Jalen Rager comes off the board. I'm really hoping to see something for him this Me too. season because he was so dynamic at TCU. 
Um, and then I curled around and took, man, just a lot of Dan guys going on here. Uh, Big Mike, Mike Williams, Big Mike. coming off the board. Apparently, he's not the second wide receiver for the Chargers. That's Austin Eckler. That is exactly. Um, and then, and then we shot it back to Dan for his first tight end pick. Yeah. So this is where I kind of punted down the line. And man, I keep taking this guy anywhere I can as a late tight end. Um, he's the third highest paid tight end in the league. Follow the money, people. Like they are going to use the heck out of Jonu Smith here at the twelve oh six. So excited uh, again to see him playing for our own New England Patriots here. Um, I really do think they're just going to find creative ways to get him the ball. Uh, Hunter Henry there uh, does not scare me. I think you're going to see uh, him become a real cornerstone of this offense going forward. So excited uh, and equally excited to get him here at the 1206. Uh, loops back around to me. And so I've got a bunch of young guns on uh, the team at wide receiver. So starting to take a look at who's, who's a vet that I could kind of toss on the team to be able to still kind of keep me in uh, win now mode window for the next kind of one to two years. And Antonio Brown was sitting there. Um, I think we've all heard of him before. He's a pretty dynamic player as long as he can keep his stuff together outside of uh, outside of football. And it's actually kind of crazy when he joined up in week nine. He was the wide receiver 21 weeks nine to 17. He was he led, led the team in targets in those yeah, remaining weeks. Exactly. Like it is in who's who's to say what the, the actual kind of um, end game is going to be going into this season. Right. But Tom Brady likes him like a lot and the target share drastically shifted actually i mean to be honest a reason why i kind of passed on mike evans in the earlier rounds uh to the detriment a little bit of both godwin and mike evans uh he just started to soak up some targets and so who knows how it's going to shake out but again some guy that you've seen finish as a top 12 over and over again in plenty of years and then still was getting great opportunity this year antonio brown at the uh 1307 was a was a easy pick for me it looks good. I'm I'm feeling a little uh, feeling a little like the team that I never wanted to build is gonna have a hard time beating you in the polls. <laughs> but uh, I I I brought it back, and this is a player I feel like is definitely not being valued where he should, probably across all formats. And uh, Nelson Aguilar, um, very highly touted prospect coming out of school, and pretty sure he was a first rounder. And just a bunch of lost years along the way, you know, had this like move to the slot in Philly, broke out, then a couple lost years, winds up on the Raiders, was basically, you know, their best receiver, not named Darren Waller last year. And uh, I figured, why not? Right now on paper, he's the wide receiver for one sure. for the Patriots, unless you're a uh, big Nikhil Harry truther, which maybe some of us are. <laughs> but uh, I, so I had to grab him. And then I ended the draft with a true legend. He's probably the player we've mentioned the most right. on this show. We should get just a like little slow not. clap going or something. This 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 is the former guy. San Diego State superstar ran it was like a 95th percentile speed score. Whew. Okay, Dan, say nice things about Rashad Penny or get off the show. You know what? I've I've learned my lessons and actually <laughs> I've started to join you, Rashad Penny. Great pick there. Great, honestly, great end of end of draft pick there. Uh, awesome upside. I hear he's doing very well in camp. Uh, I when I saw that, I was like, "That's on brand," and I like it. So I'm just gonna start harassing his agent to get him on the show. <laughs> oh he man, is, he is our spirit. Yeah, exactly. Animal. If we 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 he is our spirit animal incarnate right there. Rashad Penny, we love you. If you're listening, we know you are. We hope you are. <laughs> um, all right, so let's finish it out here. 
I'm at the 1406. I'm looking around, and I'm just looking for a high upside shot at this point. Probably around wide receiver again, just because I um, went running back a little earlier, felt a little bit more confident in those guys. So ended up going with Gabriel Davis. Um, I think he showed out great last year. Um, I think he's got a great opportunity to build on what he did last year. I think he's being a little overhyped right now. So at this point as my like last pick in the draft, I'm like, all right, this is, this is fine. Uh, cause it, it seems very clear that Manny Sanders is being treated as the wide receiver two on the team uh, going into camp, which is fine. I mean, they went out and got him for a reason, but again, Manny Sanders is getting old. Injuries happen, and he has the potential to slide in as the uh, wide receiver, too, in a very uh, powerful playoff offense. Uh, so Gabriel Davis at the 14.06 to cap off the draft. And you, Marvin Jones was sitting right there, and he didn't take him. He was. And honestly, if I didn't if I didn't take Chanel, absolutely 100% would have taken Marvin Jones. I seriously, I was, I was very much considering even having both of them on my team. So... I don't know. I'm just and saying, people, Mr. go get Marvin Irrelevant. Jones. Irrelevant. Should be noted, Mr. Irrelevant on this draft board is a player I think we both love. Yes. Closing it out at the end of the 14th round, Nico Collins. Ooh. Kid yeah. out of Michigan. Don't sleep on him, folks. Nope. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll get the polls posted. We'll have our buddy at DFF Moose get it up there and uh, vote. Let us know which team you like. You know, keep keep in mind that, uh, you know, it's basically a mistrial because Patrick Mahomes went at the 102. Exactly. Um, oh, is but, it a mis- It's it. You're going to lose. So I don't know. Is I think you just got a nice gift there. We're, we're going to have to find we'll out see. and see what the people say. Yeah, I think you got to. Uh, yeah, don't <laughs> don't don't deny that gift there because we'll see where the uh, the polls end up. So getting out of here for today. This is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in.